Folks, regretfully, um, last week was my last show on Fox News, on the Fox News channel. Uh, I haven't told Joe that. Uh, I know Guy, who's in the office with me, knew before the show. Um, I had to let my team know uh, here this morning. And uh, it's, um, it's tough. It's tough to say that. All right, folks, I wasn't going to say this, but I know exactly how Dan Bonchino feels. It's interesting that I would announce today that uh, this will be my last episode for Thursday, April 20th. This is my second episode today, but this will be my last one for the day. I am I think you're probably, most of you are aware of that. There will not be a midnight show. Big hug to all of y'all. Welcome to Open Source News. We've got uh, quite a few things happening here, interestingly enough, in the world of media and news. <clears throat> As you see there, outspoken conservative Dan Bongino is out at Fox News. Now, this is interesting that this news would come days after the settlement between Fox News and the voting machine company. Conservative TV host and Donald Trump supporter Dan Bongino has parted ways with Fox News. Everyone were supposed to know that this was simply a failed contract negotiation. You know, like that's why OAN isn't on satellite and that's why Newsmax for a while was kicked off of satellite. Because of contract negotiations. Funny how that works when you're MAGA and you're conservative. So Bongino, who hosts the Saturday night show Unfiltered with Dan Bongino and Fox Nations Canceled in the USA, announces departure from the network on his podcast today. Very interesting, by the way, Unfiltered with Dan Bongino started about 30 or 40 days after I started my BCP Unfiltered show on March 1st, 2021. Jessica Winkieding, but I like to mention it, that I started the name, my program with the same name first. Now, we thought independent, independently, no one copied, no one, but we're both bald guys with, uh, with goatees. We're both Trump supporters, and uh, I am saddened uh, for Dan Bongino because I like Dan Bongino a lot, hope to meet him in the near future. And he is saddened by this. He went on to say, Folks, regrettably, last week was my last show on Fox News on the Fox News channel. It's tough. It's tough to say that. You know, I've been there doing hits and working there for 10 years. So the show ending was tough. And I want you to know it's not some big conspiracy, I promise you. There's no acrimony. This wasn't some WWE brawl that happened. We just couldn't come to terms on an extension. You're going to read... Dan Bongino goes on to say, a thousand left-wing articles about some nonsense, and I'm guarantee you on my reputation, it's all made up. It's a simple contract thing, and that's it. It is no more complicated than that. It's a sad day, he added. The most important events in my life I learned about on Fox News. Interestingly enough, this is what Dan Bongino also said, we were the number one show 90% of the time we had a great team talking about his Saturday uh, unfiltered show. So one of their top shows on the weekend was canceled because they couldn't come to terms on contractual things.
Once again, Fox News settled with the dumb onion voting machine company for $787,000. Uh, $787.5 million. Sorry, scratch the thousand. $787.5 million settlement. And it's all coming out that it had nothing to do with the primetime talent. It's pretty much that Rupert Murdoch didn't want to have to testify. And that's that. Something that, that I had suggested a, a few days ago. But we also have this developing news. BuzzFeed News is now kaput. It's shutting down. BuzzFeed is best known for publishing the garbage PP dossier. That was uh, the Hillary Clinton-funded Russia dossier back in January 2017, right before Trump's inauguration. They were sued for this. So the uh, they were sued for publishing the fake Russia dossier. And last year it was reported that BuzzFeed uh, was losing $10 million a year. When BuzzFeed News even became a thing, I was like, isn't BuzzFeed like, like pop culture? You know, it's like Entertainment Tonight all of a sudden being Entertainment Tonight News and trying to do hard-hitting journalism or TMZ business. You know, it just, it just, <laughs> it just seems ridiculous to me. Even at the time, I'm like, BuzzFeed News? At the same time, business-wide, it made, it made sense. They have a lot of Gen Y, Gen Z. They had a lot of young people that trusted BuzzFeed and liked BuzzFeed so that they had the name recognition. And uh, I think they, I mean, obviously they really hurt themselves trying to be the first ones out there, trying to be edgy, trying to break some news that they knew was false. And it has cost them dearly. CNN reported, BuzzFeed News, a Pulitzer Prize-winning digital news website. By the way, Pulitzer Prize-winning means nothing in this day and age. Kind of like the Nobel Peace Prize means jack crap since Obama won it for doing nothing. And all the nominations for President Trump were soundly rejected, even though he brokered peace deals, several of them, and Abrahamic Accords. BuzzFeed, the Pulitzer-winning website that took the internet by storm roughly a decade ago and inspired jealousy from legacy media organizations, will shutter BuzzFeed Chief Executive Jonah Peretti announced today Thursday. The move was part of a broader layoffs across BuzzFeed, Peretti said in a memo to staffers, with the company moving to slash 15% of its workforce or about 180 employees. While layoffs are occurring across nearly every division, we're determined that the company can no longer continue to fund BuzzFeed News as a standalone organization. So... Uh, and then now they have to talk to the News Guild, which is the union for reporters to see how they're going to unravel all of that. But that's not all. What do Hillary Clinton, Bill Gates, Pope Francis, and hundreds more have in common? Now you hear Hillary Clinton and Bill Gates and you might think, oh, maybe the parading on devious islands. No, it's not that. They have all had their official Twitter blue check mark removed. Twitter has officially removed all legacy verification blue checks from Twitter users who have refused to pay for the Twitter blue. Some of the most notable are Hillary Clinton, Bill Gates, Beyonce, Cristiano Ronaldo, Klaus Schwab, and hundreds of others. When someone saw that Klaus Schwab 
was no longer verified, they said, Elon is truly a blessing. Now, what is very interesting is NBA star LeBron James, who claimed he was never going to pay for the Twitter blue. Uh, if you go and check, as the time I'm recording this, it looks like LeBron James has his blue check mark. So like everyone else that said, we're going to leave the United States if President Trump is elected and didn't go anywhere. LeBron James knows the value of having a blue check mark on Twitter and is paying his whopping $8 a month. President Trump has also lost his verified status. It should come as no surprise in that he is not active on Twitter, even though he has been reinstated, preferring to interact on his own social media platform, Truth Social. Per The Independent, Twitter has finally removed its legacy blue checks. When Elon Musk brought the platform in late October, he quickly looked to paint the very the verification scheme as a legacy feature and said that he intended to take it away. Instead, users would be able to pay for that blue check check mark, he said, as part of the Twitter blue offering that he hopes will help solve the company's precarious financial situation. So Lady Gaga, Nicki Minaj, and Blackpink. That's a K-pop band. Ask me how I know, or group. They're not a band. They don't play instruments, I don't think. Very, very interesting. All right, let's go on from media to what matters. Now, Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked to comment on the story that we reported on this morning, the breaking story about the IRS whistleblower looking for whistleblower protection as he's got the goods on the preferential treatment that Hunter Biden is getting in his IRS investigation. This is what Corinne Jean-Pierre had to say. It should come as no surprise. She essentially said nothing. An IRS supervisory special agent, our reporting is, is now claiming to have information about alleged mishandling and political interference in, on, in the ongoing criminal probe of Hunter Biden. Uh, is seeking That person is seeking whistleblower protection to share information with Congress, according to this letter obtained by CNN. Our Sarah Murray just gave our viewers that reporting. And I just wonder if the White House has a comment. We're right now, as you know, we've been very clear to not comment on anything uh, related uh, to any type of investigation. So that is something uh, that we have been very, very diligent about and referring any uh, referring that to Department of Justice. Okay, for those of you who need a translation or an interpretation of that. Hi, my name is Corinne Jean-Pierre. I represent President Biden as White House Press Secretary. We are not going to answer any questions. We're very proud of the fact that we are not transparent. And as we've been very consistent in our non-transparency, please think us as great and virtuous because we have been consistent in our lack of transparency. Is essentially what KJP is, uh, KJP is saying, has said, and will continue to say until either Biden is booted or she quits. Now, that was previously, but looks like the White House has reversed course. And they are now issuing a statement about this. In an abrupt reversal of course, White House scandals spokesman Ian Sams issued a statement today, Thursday, denying Joe Biden is behind the political interference in the investigation of first son Hunter Biden 
alleged by an IRS whistleblower. The statement by Sams comes just hours after White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre declined to comment on the whistleblower complaint. Quote, Since he took office and consistent with his campaign promise that he would restore the independence of the Justice Department when it comes to decision-making in criminal investigations, yes, Ian Sams, White House spokesperson, without any irony, is saying that Biden has made and kept the promise that he would restore the independence of the Justice Department when it comes to decision-making in criminal investigations. Boy, is that a laughable statement. (laughs) Oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. (laughs) Just a reminder, if you were actually going to fall for that, let me just remind you something very important. We got confirmation and learned something we suspected that it was the special request that came from Biden and the White House that was the precursor to the Trump FBI Mar-a-Lago raid. Even though Biden himself and his spokespeople all said, oh, Biden didn't know anything about this until he saw it on television, on the news. He had no idea. He was not given any forewarning. Then we find out that the National Archives had received a request from the executive branch for this whole thing to even go down in the first place. But yeah, whatever. We're supposed to believe that since he, uh, let me finish with this statement. Since he took office and consistent with his campaign promise that he would restore the independence of the Justice Department when it comes to decision-making and criminal investigations, Biden has made clear that this matter could be handled independently by the Justice Department under the leadership of a U.S. attorney appointed by former President Trump, free from any political interference by the White House. He has upheld that commitment. And it is sad that the actual truth of the matter is that, yes, the attorney uh, over this is Trump appointed, but has done nothing. I wonder what goods they have on him or what kind of blackmail or pressure they put on him to do nothing and save Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family. Okay, well, we also have another interesting thing happen. The With this same thing, the Hunter Biden people declined to comment, but now we have Chris Clark, one of the attorneys representing Hunter Biden in the federal investigation of his taxes and business dealings. Um, Chris Clark, one of the attorneys representing first son, Hunter Biden, accused the IRS whistleblower who has alleged political interference interference into the tax investigation of committing a felony by disclosing information about an ongoing tax investigation. Doesn't it sound just like Corrine Jean-Pierre? They all, they all move to the beat of the same drum. It's an ongoing tax investigation. And whereas everyone was silent on it, now everyone is commenting on it. Hunter Biden's lawyers now accusing the whistleblower of committing a felony by whistleblowing, even though whistleblowers have federal protection. Isn't that interesting? The smash, smash mouth tactic is likely to be seen as an effort to intimidate the whistleblower and any other contemplating stepping forward. That is how they work, folks. They crush 
and they destroy and they make it very tough for anyone to tell the truth and they discourage that kind of activity. Now, Clark had initially declined to comment when the news of the whistleblower broke yesterday. CBS had reported, quote, Chris Clark, an attorney for Hunter Biden, declined to comment, but then he had a new statement, this time to NBC Today. Hunter Biden's attorney said Thursday that the IRS whistleblower could be improperly disclosing private tax information and attempting to abuse the power of the government to harm the president's son. Is it that rich? It is a felony for an IRS agent to improperly disclose information about an ongoing tax investigation. The IRS has incredible power and abusing that power by targeting, embarrassing, and disclosing information about a private citizen's tax matter undermines Americans' faith in the fe- on the federal government. I think Lois Lerner and the whole Obama and targeting of conservative groups and Tea Partiers did a lot more damage in not trusting the IRS than Hunter Biden. As a matter of fact, the fact that they're not doing anything just confirms what we already know. Distrust the Internal Revenue Service. Hunter Biden's attorney, Chris Clark, also told NBC in a statement, Unfortunately, that is what has happened and is happening here in an attempt to harm my client. It appears this IRS agent has committed a crime and has denied my client protections that are his rights. By the way, Clark, should come as no surprise, is a former federal prosecutor. He represented the billionaires Mark Cuban and Elon Musk. That's maybe it might be the surprise, but the surprise is these people who are usually working on behalf of the government and crushing citizens or working for citizens who have the, the, the power of the government behind them, for some reason are often guys that worked for and gals that worked for the government. Isn't that interesting? And then when people actually try to fight for, I don't know, what's right and give a voice to, I don't know, voters and everyday people, think Sidney Powell, they're crushed. And that's what's happening here. They're trying to crush this IRS whistleblower. Uh, by the way, uh, Clark left the big, uh, powerful law firm, Lotham & Watkins, to form his own boutique uh, firm in New York City. And just so you know that they're playing hardball, that's what they advertised when they are uh, when they formed. Clark had said uh, when forming the company, we're an incredibly dangerous and frightening team for people to face off against, and that excites me. That's right. His new law firm he described as incredibly dangerous and frightening. So, that's that. Okay, just in, the House Republicans have passed a bill to ban biological men, regardless of their feelings about their gender, to compete in women's and girls' sports. I'm going to try to spend only 43 seconds on this story because it's going to go nowhere. On Thursday, the Republican-controlled House passed a bill that would prevent a, a T-woman and girls from competing on girls' or women's sports teams at federally supported schools and colleges. Greg Stube of Florida, representative, I think I'm pronouncing his name wrong, it might be Stobe, has introduced legislation called the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act, also known as Wagasa. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks, I had to try because <laughs> they come up with the funniest names sometimes just to uh, make them acronyms. But uh, yes, the uh, Powagasa Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act would would have amended Title IX so that schools receiving federal funds cannot allow students whose sex is male 
to compete in sports traditionally for females. The bill was passed on party lines, 2019 to 203. Not one Democrat had voted against it. But like I said, I've already spent too much time on this passage of HR 734 because it's not going to go anywhere in the House uh, and excuse me in the Senate. And uh, Biden already said that he would veto it. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy wrote on Twitter that uh, we just passed the POAGISA. It's a great day in America for fairness, families, and, and female athletes. It would be a great day if there was a chance, uh, a small bells, a, sn- a snowball's chance in hell that this would actually become law, but it won't because of the veto. So that's that. Speaking of ge- uh, veto, we have a smackdown, not physically a smackdown, metaphorically a smackdown, of Katie Hobbs by Carrie Lake, who shut her down. And it has to do with this idea of vetoes. The governor of Arizona, Katie Hobbs, broke the record this week, two days ago, for the most vetoed bills in one legislative session. The left-wing Phoenix News Times even calls her the veto queen. Fox News reporting, Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs has broken the record for the most vetoes in a single session of the state legislature. Hobbs nixed 11 more bills Tuesday to reach the 63 mark, topping Janet Napolitano's record of 58 votes set in 158 days of the 2005 session. Napolitano was a Democratic governor who was narrowly elected and then faced a Republican-controlled legislature just like Hobbs in dealing with, is dealing with in her first year on the job. Fox News, who called early for Joe Biden, readily accepts whatever they're told to accept when it comes to who the true victors are of selections in Arizona. That's all I've got to say about that. I did not come here to veto bills, Hobbs said at a news conference, making her first 100 days in office. I come here to solve real issues for Americans, and I've made it clear that I'm not going to support legislation that doesn't address the real issues we're facing. So here are some of the veto bills that she vetoed. The elimination of the food tax, increasing penalties for fentanyl distributors who harm children, requiring medical care for instance who survive abortion, protecting school children from convicted sex offenders, and mail-in ballot signature verification law. So she says that she's not going to do anything that doesn't support uh, real issues for Arizonans. Well, I guess Arizonans like paying food tax. That's uh, something that's awesome that uh, is not in California and it's not in Utah either. Uh, increased, uh, I guess she's fine with uh, with distributors not having harsher sentences for distributing fentanyl to children. And heaven forbid that a baby, an infant who survives an attempted assassination on their life in the form of abortion, not get the required medical care they need. And oh yeah, who cares about those pesky little children being protected from deviant, uh, convicted offenders who are out to get them? Pure evil. Anyway, this is what what uh, Carrie Lake had to say. Carrie Hobbs is Arizona's very own Ron Burgundy. She's wedded to the teleprompter and she'll veto anything that's put in front of her, even when it's language that she herself supposedly wrote. 
She's not even reading these bills. Hobbs isn't a governor. She's a clown. Uh, another, uh, this was in response to a tweet from a, from Representative Jacqueline Parker, who had said, everyone should be aware that Katie Hobbs wrote that language. It's her language and her guidelines that she just vetoed. I hope if she even knows that. We specifically put that language through as a test to see if she's even reading these bills. What a clueless idiot. That was from Representative Jacqueline Parker a couple weeks ago on one of the bills that was vetoed by Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs also went on to tweet out, excuse me, Carrie Lake, Katie Hobbs, Carrie Lake. They're not really confusing, but I got them confused. Let me back up here a second. Carrie Lake is now fundraising off breaking the veto record for an Arizona governor in just 100 days. Hobbs is celebrating hurting the people of Arizona. Destroying the state is not something to be proud of, Katie. That's what Carrie Lake had to say about that. By the way, a poll went out. Katie Hobbs ranks among the most unpopular governors in the nation. But she won. Kind of like Joey, who didn't uh, campaign, who stayed in the basement, and he campaigned against the most popular incumbent president, a man who got millions of people come out to his rallies. But that Democrat math sure is an equalizer. Katie Hobbs is also... Let's say uh, she is a benefactor, a beneficiary, excuse me, of that Democrat math largesse. All right. We have here that, uh, in fact, the U.S. Office of Special Counsel has officially found that Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra did violate federal law. He violated the Hatch Act. Special Counsel Henry Kerner sent a letter to President Joe Biden in which he said that Becerra violated the Hatch Act by publicly expressing support for California Democrat Senator Alex Padilla's re-election while appearing in an official capacity as HHS Secretary. Quote, as explained in the accompanying report, Office of Special Counsel concluded that Secretary Becerra violated the Hatch Act by expressing support for Senator Alex Padilla's re-election while speaking in his official capacity on the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute Annual Awards Gala last September. The Hatch Act prohibits federal employees from using their official authority or influence to affect the outcome of an election. In delivering his speech, Secretary Becerra impermissibly mixed his personal electoral preference with official remarks. But just like this bill about biological men competing in sports for biological women, this is not much of a story because nothing's going to happen to Becerra. But we got some good news. We're going to end on a positive note here. Jacob Chansley is fighting back against the government. He has now been released from prison, but Chansley didn't receive evidence favorable to him prior to his guilty plea and sentencing. His lawyers have filed an appeal to vacate or correct his sentence. This is what they've put in their fundraiser on Give, Send, Go. Quote, it is not expected that the government will concede without a fight. This Give, Send, Go account will have as its primary beneficiary, Jacob Chansley, recently released by the Bureau of Prisons after serving the 41-month 
sentence imposed on him in connection with his guilty plea regarding his actions on January 6th. Information developed over the past two months reveals that Jacob did not receive from the government materials and discovery that were favorable to him, also known as Brady documents, meaning they were not available prior to the guilty plea or sentencing. A motion to vacate or correct the sentence has now been filed, and it is not expected that the government will concede without a fight, with Jake's full support and approval, which he will personally give at an appropriate time. Any excess funds will support the legal defense work being done for other January 6th defendants who cannot afford their own attorneys. So any money that goes to help Jacob Chansley, any excess funds that he doesn't need, they you know he wins the case or whatever, will go on to help other January 6th detainees. William Shipley, a lawyer for Chansley, explained that they have evidence that was not given to Chansley, what the evidence is, and the problems with the government what the government has said in the Chansley case. So they're going for broke. So we know about Jacob Chansley. We know what really happened to him, thanks to Tucker Carlson over at Fox News. But given what's happened recently at Fox News, don't hold your breath if you can continue to get real, timely, conservative information from them. But I promise you, you will always get the real deal here on Open Source News. Thanks for being here, folks. Please like, share, and subscribe. Don't forget to check out our other programs. Everything is down below in the links. If you think you're subscribed to our show here on YouTube, double check because we're having that issue again. And if you're just lurking around here, please hit the like button, the share button, the subscribe button, and the notification bell. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, and God bless.